Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We got three old codgers on the radio right now. John Clayton. How are you, John? Uh, Good. Who's the third? You. Me, John. Oh, okay. Okay. We were we had Ray Bell on yesterday, and we called it Three Old Codgers. Uh-huh. Today we had Ray on. We we're like, ah, we can't do that to Ray. He's yeah. still a young man. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. What are you guys going to talk about tomorrow? I I, mean, I don't know. We we'll wait till tomorrow and find out. <laughs> I might have I to you, actually. Brother. I'm going to tune in from. Uh, I'll be in Palm Springs hopefully by then. Mm-hmm. You know what I call Four. Palm Springs, John? What's that? The conveyor belt to death. Oh, jeez. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So that's you, that's so, a, my so, reaction exactly, John. I asked him why he's going then. Yes, yeah, so I what? So, so are you going to take that ride tomorrow to death? <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the conveyor belt, John. There you go. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, how you doing today? Oh, I'm not feeling great, but uh, had a busy day. Spoke yeah. at the uh, Washington Athletic Club on the 101 Club. So. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Over Zoom, I take it. No. Oh, you went. Went. Yeah. Oh, look at you. You've been out and about. You and Pat had the no the Hall of Fame thing. Oh yeah, Hall of Fame thing for yeah. us. I mean, oh, I think Tacoma Hall of Fame, right? What's that? Tacoma that Hall of the Fame. Thing Tacoma, right? Tacoma right. Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Her second Hall of Fame. My third. Yeah. And then, uh, in fact, like one of the uh, one of the things you know because we opened it up to questions because they really like to ask questions and it was a real good crowd asking great questions. You know the. Uh, I started out before asking, you know, getting my uh, speech and everything else, which is all off the top of my head. And I was saying that uh, this may be like the eighth time this year I actually wore pants because. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, wait a minute, John. That's awesome. As opposed to what? Well, as as opposed to what I wear every day, which is a hoodie and sweatpants. Sweatpants, okay. <clears throat> and of course, I mean, you go back to last year, and I pretty much went from February on with hoodie and sweatpants. So it's like uh, it was very unusual. In fact, I know that uh, my neighbor across the pond, Yogi Hudson, Yogi uh, was wondering, said, because we're you know we parked downtown in a parking lot, and then had a little bit like about a half block walk. He says, "Why are you walking so slow?" He's like, "Well, first off, I'm not used to wearing shoes. Yeah, I'm used, to, <laughs> I'm used to wearing tennis shoes, not shoes. And so I had the shoes on, which of course I had on when we went down to Tacoma for the uh, you know Hall of Fame. And so it was just so different because again, it's like uh, I'm not used to that. And so I was walking slow because I had shoes on, and you know I didn't you know it didn't feel as comfortable as I normally do with the fact that I would wear well, sneakers." Well, I won't tell you guys what I'm not wearing here sitting at home. Oh, yes. oh Please geez. don't, Gross. No, that's yeah. good. Oh, it's too late. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to. I've already got an image. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so in other words, uh, this is our naked uh, look at the Gross. Oh, no, 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 no. Gross says he does his best radio naked. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy. That's a terrible image. He's, he's bearing it all. Poor, poor Bonnie. <laughs> All right, Professor. Uh, anything going on today that uh, that uh, piqued your interest? Hmm. Reasonably quiet day. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, more guys went on injured reserve. Uh, certainly nothing big as far as the names at the uh, Jet game and the Colt game and all that stuff, which should be a real barn burner tonight. <laughs> burner. Uh, so it, sh- it shouldn't be real good. <laughs> Uh, oh, you're forgetting about the, the cult of Mike White. This is this is when he establishes yeah. himself as the, as the new hot thing in the NFL. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Colts have a good defense. 
they have Carson Wentz, and the Jets have a bad team, but they do have Mike White. We'll see where he goes and fits into the equation. And so, uh, yeah, it should, it should be somewhat interesting, but not a great, great game, that's for sure. Well, it, that was uh, that was weird to me because Cincinnati has a pretty decent defense, right? Yeah, yeah. So him for him to go out there. But the, the one thing about the Colts, John, I keep waiting for them to explode because the one thing they have, they have plus eight in turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. They're second, tied for second. They're the one team that does not have a good record that, you know, because if you look at the top uh, top five as far as turnover ratio, you got the Rams, well, the Saints, not great, but still positive side. Uh, but you got Green Bay and Buffalo. Right. So, I mean, I feel like at, at any point that they could possibly – could that be a sleeper team in the AFC, Indy? I think so, yeah. Yeah, because, again, uh, you know, you, you, particularly this week being as eventful of a week as it was with the injuries and everything else – uh, you know, you saw that uh, some teams may take a little bit of a step back. I mean, like, for example, in the NFC, we have six winning teams. Three of those teams may not have their starting quarterbacks out there. We know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be out there. We know that, uh, you know, Jameis Winston's on IR. We'll see about Kyler Murray. And so that that's affecting it. And, of course, now in the AFC, you have Tennessee that doesn't end up having uh, Derrick Henry. Mm. So that's going to change the equation for them, even though Ryan Tannehill – is a good quarterback and they have very good wide receivers but that's going to change the whole equation of what they do in tennessee and we'll see how they can hold up i mean the fortunate thing for them they're sitting there with a six and two record you know what gross that would be another one to add to your list we were talking earlier about geno smith john and right. about guys that later in their career kind of took off at quarterback and, yeah and Graz had uh gannon Jim plunkett rich mm-hmm. gannon rich gannon Plunkett, but yeah, Tannehill. I mean, that's been that's been really good for him. That, although that could be blamed on um, you know what is it, Adam Adam uh, Gaze, Gaze, yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe. But uh, but yeah, he's. I mean, this guy's he's good, right? I mean, yeah, Tannehill is a, a Tannehill good, is really good. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in the last uh, since going to Tennessee, he's had more comeback. Uh, victories from behind in the fourth quarter than any quarterback in the league. And he's throwing like over 66, 67%. So he's done a good job. Yeah, but how much of that was, well, I guess we'll find out how much of that was having yeah. that, that beast at running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a bummer with, with Derrick Henry. I, that, I mean, I, I hate seeing that, but he was one of, I think, the only guys, certainly one of the only guys that rushed for over 1,000 that played in every single game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and and you know it just. I guess we shouldn't be surprised with Chris. Oh, he was no, he was not only that. He was the only starter that played only starting six, running back. Only starting running back to play sixteen games. All yeah. the other uh, thirty-one running backs didn't play sixteen. Yeah, so I mean you can expect that pretty much from from running backs, but but Christian Christian McCaffrey. I mean that has just been a disaster for the oh, Panthers. Yeah. My no God. doubt. I mean, paying him sixteen million dollars a year, and they they basically with that contract, John, they made him the face of their franchise, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. And right now, the the faces now they they designated him for potential return from injured reserve, but that just started a twenty one day cycle. So I don't know where he fits in in the equation as far as is it this week, next week, or the week after that. Yeah. Oh, and what by by the way, the only other things today, uh, Vernon Hargraves, another player released by Houston. Uh, he got claimed by Cincinnati. And Deshaun Jackson, right? No, what, what about Deshaun Jackson? Wasn't the, didn't, didn't he become a free agent today, clear waivers? Deshaun. Am I wrong? Am oh, I wrong did, yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah, I mean, he has, yeah. 
Well, you said Houston, and then you said Deshaun, and I, I th- yeah. you're probably thinking Deshaun. Oh, got thinking, it. Yeah, because I was talking, I was on the Houston mindset because yeah. again they've let so many players go, and so it's like, uh, yeah, so yeah, so Deshaun Watson's still there, but uh, Deshaun Jackson's now a free agent, and you know I do think, I mean, I know we've talked about this, would not be a bad idea for the Seahawks to consider him. Mm. I know he's thirty, he's going to be thirty-five years old, but I mean, listen, it's just a. Uh, you know, nine game rental or whatever, uh, you know, nine game rental for whatever it is, and then he can leave at the end of the season. At what cost? A minimum what? minimum salary. He's a minimum guy. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that, he's going to. I mean, and again, it's like he may take the position. I mean, the Seahawks may take the position that they'll say, "Hey, we'll put you on the practice squad until you learn the offense," and he might be willing to do that because, again, you know, his two point seven five million dollar base salary is all guaranteed. He's going to make the two point seven five plus he gets like I think eight hundred and fifty five thousand dollars of termination pay. I think that's a really interesting idea, and it seems it seems to fit with what the Seahawks have done in the past. Doesn't yeah. It? Well, because again, you know, the, the the fact that they didn't get Josh Gordon, I mean, he kind of st- stunned them at the end by going to Kansas City, you know, because it looked like, you know, with Josh li- living in Seattle, that it was inevitable that he was going to come on and, you know, join the practice squad and then eventually join a regular regular roster. But then he st- stunned everybody and went to Kansas City, so now he can fill that void when they wanted to sign Josh Gordon. Hey, John, it looks like, I don't know where I read the. I don't know if it's official yet, Micah yeah. Parsons, yeah. NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, do you know where Jalen Smith is? And can just review that. Did they release they Jalen rele- Smith? They released him, yeah. I mean, uh, Dallas cut him. He signed a deal a little over the minimum uh, to go to uh, Green Bay. And That's right, he's in Green Bay. Yeah, so I think, I don't know if it was like... Uh, Two million or something like that, but they cut him and he cleared waivers, and so he's available. Okay, because yeah, it was just interesting. First of all, I mean, pretty much every team, it's just two linebackers, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's really. There's not a lot of three well, linebackers. Yeah, again, it's like uh, the three four teams have four linebackers. Oh but. yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking about yeah four three, but uh, because you know one of them's a pass mm-hmm. rusher, right? But um, yeah, you look at. Uh, I guess good move. I, at the time, I was like, "What's Dan Quinn thinking?" You know, letting a good player like that go. But Micah Parsons, the rookie, mm-hmm. playing really well, gets NFC uh, Player of the of the Week, and then uh, I think Leighton Vander Esch, his rookie year, yeah, also got uh, Defensive Player of the Week one time. So they're they're doing a pretty good job. Is that a team? Maybe we're uh, whenever I talk about the best teams in the NFL, I'm mm-hmm. typically saying, "Okay, Arizona, Green Bay." And to me, the Rams. If I yeah, had to pick yeah. the Super Bowl winner right now, I would say the Rams. But the Cowboys are 6-1. and one. They've won some good games. Yeah, and again, they've got great offensive talent. Dak Prescott's going to be back this week. You know, They've got uh, C.D. Lamb, and they've got Amari Cooper. They're really good at wide receiver. Uh, they've got a good offensive line. Uh, so I don't know if Tyson Smith's going to be able to play this week, the left tackle. He may have to miss the game. But uh, so it's like, but no, they're they're really good and they're in a division right now. Well, first off, you know, entering the season, you know, what helped them is that the fact that they're in a division that uh, didn't have a winning team, and they also had the second easiest schedule in football. Hmm. Part of that was being in that division, right? Part of it. Yeah. Getting the getting to play those Giants, guys over and Eagles. over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Anything new on uh, or anything updated on Aaron Rodgers, the Packers situation there? No, nothing new. I mean, again, the league okay. is checking into it right now. I know that uh, some of the front front office people are getting out, and I know that the coach, 
Matt LaFleur is getting out that they think they followed every kind of procedure. Because, again, everybody looks at the press conference and they see him with no mask. Well, nobody wears a mask pretty much at a press conference. It's if he had uh, with if he's in without a vaccine, then he has to wear the mask outside because it's in the building. And he has to, you know, when he leaves the press, the, the press room and all that stuff and the co- press conference room, you know, he has to wear the mask. And, you know, I don't know if indeed, uh, you know, he if he's still allowed to have you know, lunch with some of the teammates and do different things like that. But again, I'm sure what the league's going to do is like they did in that Denver situation with the three quarterbacks. You know, they'll try to get as much video as they can and try to see if they can catch something. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to kind of drop off. Uh, somebody was was telling me this, and we, I might have even brought this up yesterday. But again, it's just it's just interesting how some people just don't follow the rules, right. and you know, because so there was, yeah, I'll say it, it was Troy Aikman. I guess Troy yeah. Aikman, and I didn't see it or anything, but you know, when he came up here to do Monday Night Football, he gets on the gets on the elevator, no mask, goes down on the field, no mask. I mean, we can't go down on the field. No, you know, and you have to wear a mask at all times and everything. So some people are are following it, some aren't. I just wonder if uh, if that's gonna. Do you think the NFL will start to to kind of back off on uh, the restrictions and stuff with? COVID? Absolutely not. Hmm. I mean, I, if anything, they need to kind of reinforce them to make sure that uh, you know people are safe enough. Because again, it's like uh, you know, I keep the uh, the database on the number of guys on COVID nineteen. It's been on the list, and now it's up to about two hundred and eight. For the first half of the season, and think about that. Now again, is that more than last year already? Uh pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Now again, I mean, last year there was like 262 players that tested positive, mm. and of course, uh, you know, they're, it's not at that level yet, but it's it's getting pretty strong right now. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what you have to worry about. Is it overall? Is it going to be one where? You know, you can, uh, you know, it's how, how, how long is that list going to go? I mean, again, more players were on it today. I mean, they did take Devontae Adams off that list. But, uh, you know, the center for the Minnesota Vikings, Garrett Bradbury, he ended up uh, going on COVID-19. And so it's and, and again, I'm still amazed at the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they've had 25 times a player's gone on the COVID-19 list. 25 times hmm. incredible and here, here's at the seahawks are they are they the the most compliant in the nfl when it comes to this pretty close yeah i mean st louis i mean not st louis i'm sounding sound, i'm sounding i'm sounding like wyman right now <laughs> san diego chargers uh, yeah, san diego chargers. oakland raiders yeah 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 but the, the the los angeles rams i think have only had one and really i mean other than uh Gerald Everett. I mean, now he's the only one that's had it for the Seahawks. And so, no, I mean, and last year they only had one positive test and that was John or Sue in the preseason. It was a false positive. So they went through the entire season with zero, which was obviously the best in football. What, what are they, what are they doing differently than everyone else, John? Do we have any idea? Good leadership. Yeah. Because yeah. again, you know, what they, what they do is that you know, when you have guys like uh, Bobby Wagner, who, when you used to have KJ Wright, uh, certainly, you can see with Stefan Diggs, I mean, with uh, Quandre Diggs, uh, maybe even Jamal Adams, although I don't know where Jamal Adams fits in in that kind of category, but you got Dwayne Brown. I mean, these guys, you know, make sure it's like, hey, I'm putting my position guys in line. Don't screw it up. You know, if, uh, you know Bobby Wagner saying, okay, Cody Barton, don't do anything that's going to co- come back and haunt this team. Pete Carroll does a good job of preaching to the team about that. And you can see it works. 
Yeah, well, and then they, they follow all of the, and we talked about this yesterday, but Matt Thomas, who's yeah. just an awesome uh, salary cap guy. Right. He is kind of uh, the meticulous type, and so he's been kind of running all the things. You were out there, John, a couple of times, yeah. and you saw all the regulations and everything. They're taking it very seriously. But I was out there in my sweatpants. You were not in pants. That's <laughs> that one of the most, we got to save that clip. It's the first time I've worn pants in two years. Uh, all right, John, um, when you think about the Seahawks at the halfway point here, what, what's the, the one thing that you're most encouraged about, whether it's offense, defense, mm-hmm. and then what's the thing that bothers you? Because one of the things, and this is why I wouldn't be forgetting OBJ here, because yeah. I want to see him target the tight ends. That bothers me, that they're, they haven't targeted the tight ends. And then my other thing was I want them to be more physical on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what What's good that, that that you think about at the halfway point and, and what's bad about this team? Well, I think what's becoming good is the blocking of the offensive line now that they're healthy, now that Damian Lewis is back and Ethan Posick has taken over at center. I think, you know, that's that I think is very encouraging. Certainly you'd have to think that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, again, where you want to put Geno Smith in the mix, but I'm encouraged by the fact that Russell Wilson has a decent chance to be back next week against Green Bay. That's encouraging. Then that, that'll help the offense out a lot. Then I think what you're looking at is that, uh, you know, I think they're solid at the linebacker position, certainly with Bobby Wagner, I know even though he's taken criticism this year. But also, you know, you know Jonathan, I, I mean, Brooks seems to be doing a good job. So that's good. And I think that, uh, you know, Diggs is having a good year. Uh, sir, I mean, I mean, honestly, I saw one story this week, and I can't argue about it. That DJ Reed, you know, might be considered the most valuable player on this team right now for how well he's playing. Mm. That's encouraging. Yeah, definitely the defensive backfield and the the fact that somebody. I mean, I, I to me, it's Quandre Diggs. Yeah. Um, but the other one really encouraging to me that I'm excited about is Daryl Taylor, and I did a, yeah. a little bit of a breakdown um, on him for Football 101 this week, but, you know, it's about how raw he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you look at, he's able to get that the edge, but a couple of, one time he fell down, actually on the on the Ryan Neal sack of Trevor Lawrence, he fell down, you know, but he was turning the corner so mm-hmm. tight. Then he had Carlos Hyde wrapped up in the backfield, could have had a tackle for loss, and he got out, and then he didn't run a stunt right, so, and it's not negative, it's just that he has so much upside. I feel like that that guy, you know, if I was going to say, hey, who's going to progress the most on this team? I, I think it's Daryl Taylor. Yeah, and I think also, too, is like the guy we always forget to keep mentioning is Puna Ford. I think yeah. Puna Ford has played really, really well. The two guys have been disappointing, and, and I'm wondering if you think they can have any impact in the second half for Shot Penny or L.J. Collier. Hmm. <laughs> you kind of question it because, uh, you know, Penny's off to a real slow start, start since coming back from injury. Just can't seem to uh, really get any momentum going. In the case of L.J. Collier, I mean, you know, unless something happens to, you know, Robert Kandichi or something happens to, uh, you know, uh, you know, all the other defensive tackles, then he's still going to be inactive. So it's like, uh, you know, they, they have the ability to do it. Injuries could give them the opportunity, but right now, I mean, you don't hold great hopes. Were you surprised that they didn't move Collier? Uh, no. I mean, I th- they tried, but, I mean, it's really tough to do because, again, you know, his contract is fully guaranteed this year, and next year he's got like 80% of it guaranteed, and those things are hard to uh, make. And, again, you know, more teams than not, even though – 
uh, you know, I counted up 28 of 41 trades after the uh, draft. 28 of them involved six-round picks or lower in either this year, next year, or the year after that. And so you put those numbers together, and it's like, okay, uh, sometimes, and what teams did, particularly at the trade deadline, they took the position, should I give up a sixth or seventh round pick, or if I'm better, uh, just having you know get just get having the player on this team you know gaining the sixth or seventh round pick or having the player but because you know injuries are mounting up so much they're taking the position and more teams did at the trade deadline let's stay with the player how excited are you john for the texan miami dolphin game two one and seven titans going at it oh i'm just so thrilled (laughs) i mean it's gonna be what a what a barn burner I what mean, and, they, and they really should burn the barn for that one <laughs> and might might end up in a tie that would be that would be appropriate and then you know kind of a one that's kind of interesting to me four and four patriots mm-hmm. at four and four panthers who started off great um that should be that should be a good game i expect new england to win that game yeah and, and sam Darnold's all banged up they don't have christian mccaffrey so it's like uh and really the patriots are getting better and better and better and so i know i had to do you know some uh you know, picks for the playoffs and all that stuff. And I ended up uh, for the Washington Post, and I ended up saying I think the Patriots are going to make it. Yeah, it's too bad Derrick Henry's hurt. Yeah. Because the 6-2 and two Titans at the 7-1 and one Rams, I think is mm-hmm. good. that'll be a good game. Would have been better with, uh, yeah. with Derrick Henry, though. No doubt. No doubt about it. Well, John, uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, buddy. I'm looking forward for that. And, of course, uh, Dave Wyman, have a great time on the conveyor belt to death. <laughs> <laughs> You hear it when not someone Thanks, else John. says it. How strange that is, Dave. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And once once it came out of Clayton's mouth, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that that probably I should stop saying that. I'll be back on Monday though, John. Okay, conveyor oh, belt actually, to death. Wednesday. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Go put some pants on. Okay. Thanks. There he goes, the <laughs> professor. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Download the podcast at 710sports.com. Coming up, how does the NFL force real change to avoid another Henry Ruggs situation? We'll discuss that next on Wyman and Bob with Dave Grosby, 710 ESPN Seattle.